You're listening to the Just Giants podcast with Grump and the Cranky Fan. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and SoundCloud today. Welcome to Just Giants with Grump and the Cranky Fan, the best damn podcast for the best damn football team. I am your host, the Football Grump, and with me, as always, is Mike the Cranky Fan on this divisional playoff weekend. What's up, Mike? I see the blue smoke coming out of the Meadowlands. I think we might have a coach, Mr. Grump. Yes, a new a new pope has been selected. Pat Shermer, current offensive coordinator for Minnesota Vikings. Um... Of course, that can't be announced because the Vikings are still in the playoffs and therefore neither side can actually... I mean, the Giants can't even offer a deal, but unlike the other speculation in the past couple weeks, this is coming from league sources, Adam Schefter, Ian Rappaport. Um, This isn't Peter King from SI who's just making it bullshit. (laughs) You're saying he's not an insider anymore? No, he's not at all. I mean, he he had he was the one who so so all of last week it was speculated that it would be Matt Patricia, and I I in all of the articles I was reading I couldn't find any reason why there was speculation for this that that it was actually like he was the front runner, and all I kept seeing were words like signs pointing to, and when I finally traced down where it came from, it just came from Peter King's mouth. It didn't come from anywhere. There were no insider talkings. There were no sources. Not not that sources are usually named, but nothing was said like a source told me. Like that sentence was never in yeah. there. It well, was all we, just we, made up conjecture. We yeah, you don't hear the big guns. You don't hear the Schefters or guys like that, you know, or even like a Mortensen if he's, you know, when he was in better health. When those guys say something, it's like you can pretty much mark it down. It's happening. But we never saw from one of like a guy like that's mouth. Or any of the guys, like the Art Stapletons, or any of like the guys who are the, the the real beat writers who, you know. So, you're right. It seemed a little flimsy. It seemed kind of like one of those. Well, it's been two days. Let's throw something out there to get some clicks for a day. Yeah, but I digress. Right. Uh, so Pat Shermer, current offensive coordinator of the Minnesota Vikings, is now the new head coach for the New York Giants. Um, you know, we we gave our wish lists. Um, a couple episodes ago, and uh, he was number two on my list. I, you were not as high on him as I was. I was not. Um, you know, again, to be, to be know, fair, of all the people we listed, was not a spectacular list of guys. It wasn't. And my initial thoughts were that this is a guy who's going to be kind of on the the retread wagon. You know, the um, the treadmill of you know, decent coordinator gets a crappy job, does a crappy job. Becomes a coordinator, does a great job, gets another crappy job. Um, you know, doing a little research, you kind of find out, well, why did he do a crappy job with Cleveland? And it kind of turns out, as Art Stapleson had, had said, mm-hmm. uh, you know, his first year with the Giant, uh, with uh, Cleveland was that lockout year. Yep. So that's a crappy year, a bad year to get started where everything is, you know, between off-season schedules and, and – Everything is thrown off. Stuff. Everything is haywire. The second year is the year the Browns were sold. Yep. So, you know, house cleaning was probably going to be in order anyway. It's a dysfunctional, dysfunctional team to begin with. So, yes, it's a crappy record he had. 
by Cleveland Brown standards, not the worst we've ever seen. In fact, you get a record like that now, you probably get a bigger extension than Hugh Jackson got. Yeah, but, in, uh, in his two years, he has five more wins than the last three years combined. Having said, having said all of that, is hardly an inspired pick. And it's interesting how seeing a lot of people on Twitter, whether it's just you know fans or even some people like in the quasi-media, think that the Giants' job is still the gold standard in not just the city of New York, not just the NFL, but all of sports, and expecting Bill Belichick to resign to take the job because it's open. That was or something a joke. ridiculous. Oh, no, I mean, just my point being that it's such a great job that someone would leave something else just to join us, and that that's not the case right now. It's not. It's it's a hard job, and uh, it's a hard job where we've seen a little, dare I say, instability with ownership lately. Yeah. In the last couple of years, um, a job where you're never going to have complete control because the hierarchy it's been set up, you know, from the last fifty years is they have a powerful general manager in place. So you're never going to get a guy like a, for example, a, a Gruden come in, you know, to be like who wants complete control. Now it would have been interesting, you know, if you would have followed those conspiracy theorists that think, well, Belichick, if all the rumors are true, maybe come to the Giants. He's not coming to the Giants if they have a general manager and, you know, he has to answer to anybody. I mean, it's kind of like my theory about Davis Webb, you know, on September 1st, the plan is to maybe have Davis Webb become the heir apparent, but the situation changes, and I have the second pick in the draft. Might have been a different situation if, you know, Belichick falls in your lap, and then, sorry, Gettleman, you might get the gate. But you'll, we'll never know, and, you know, I think this kind of puts it to bed. Yeah. Yeah, well, I, I never – so, again, he was number two on my list of not very good guys. Uh, number one was Josh McDaniels. Um and it was it was rumored yesterday uh, that McDaniel's was had Indianapolis higher on his list than the Giants because of he wanted more roster control. So once once he said that, and a guy who has a draft history of taking Tim Tebow in the first round, wanting roster control, I started to feel a little bit more like they were about even Pat Shermer and Josh McDaniel's. Now to me, Shermer was not a retread guy because when i think of retread i don't think a guy who has head coaching experience i think of a guy like like norv turner or mike shanahan who are like these head coaches and then they're not and then they are again and then they're not and this guy had one stint as a head coach he got a raw deal um i don't think he flamed out the way that josh mcdaniels and todd haley did um i think you know he he had a raw deal i mean but of course there are you know pros and cons to him. So I mean, let, I mean we can go through them, right? So the pros are he's had a lot of success as an offensive coordinator. No matter where he's been, his offenses have put up a lot of points, and that's something so that was sorely lacking for the Giants. That's true. Yeah. So even a guy like Ben McAdoo, you could say you know the work he did with Green Bay was never was the offensive coordinator, correct? Right. Yeah. I mean, he was so. just a quarterbacks coach, so. Right. There's there's no way of knowing how much he really had to do with a lot of that. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the fact that he failed as a head coach is kind of a con, right? I mean, like, regardless of you know ownership changes and etc. Uh, you know, if he were doing a good job to begin with, 
you know, he probably could have kept, or maybe he could have kept his job. I mean, the fact remains that he was only there for two seasons, not even one and a half, I think, right? He was out before the 2012 season was over. I think he was out before the season was over, yes. But again, that is, you know, new ownership, wants to make a splash, think they know everything, clean house. And of course, you're dysfunctional as Cleveland. You're going to make those crazy decisions in the middle of the season to make things even more chaotic. So yeah, and it, it's always whenever Cleveland's on like on, on whenever every time I've seen them play a team like Pittsburgh, New England, you know Green Bay, the Giants, they always have that that graphic up there that's like number of head coaches Cleveland's had since the Giants selected Tom Coughlin as their head coach, and it's like. 30 head coaches and it's just Tom Coughlin and Ben McAdoo and then like number of quarterbacks they've had you know since then it's just Eli Manning and it's like these 13 other starting quarterbacks for Cleveland you know no organization is going to thrive like with that level of change just a quick aside while I'm thinking of it and we're going to talk about um, the playoff weekend last but since I've been alive and we're talking 1972 the Steelers have had three head coaches that's crazy. Think about that. Think about that. And actually, it's been longer because Chuck Knoll started in 1970. So since the merger, they've had three head coaches. It's just so crazy. <laughs> Back to our show. <laughs> yeah. And we're, lo- we're looking at the third head coach in the last five, five years. Three years. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I, so here's another pro. This guy gets a lot out of some dreadful quarterbacks. Um, so here's some of the starting quarterbacks that – uh, Pat Shermer has worked with uh, Colt McCoy, Nick Foles, Sam Bradford, Case Keenum, and Brandon Whedon. Well, um, you know something? I, is it really fair to put Case Keenum and Nick Foles into the dreadful quarterback category? Absolutely. I mean, they've they have now won playoff games. That doesn't I, make I mean, him a good quarterback. That doesn't mean they're dreadful. Okay. Okay. So they're they're not optimal quarterbacks at all. No, yeah. they, and and you know, like Colt McCoy, completely disappeared after Pat Shermer left Cleveland. Um, right. Nick Foles had a year that was twenty-seven touchdowns to two interceptions under Pat Shermer. That's incredible. Sam Bradford at this point in his career is a journeyman. Um, Brandon Whedon is a joke. Right. Um, and Case Keenum, until this year under Pat Shermer, was a nobody. It's true. Yeah, so I mean, he, he's done, he's run successful offenses with less than optimal quarterback situations. You know, that's that's definitely a pro in my book. Um, sure. Especially given, you know, this organization and where they're headed. You know, whether it's Davis Webb or the second round pick or a pick in the future, you know, Eli Manning is not... But what are... What are- let, let's put some like numbers next to those offenses. Yes, he's gotten the most out of those quarterbacks, but where have those offenses really ranked, and where have they really fallen within the league? Well, Nick Foles was with the Philadelphia Eagles under Chip Kelly, and they ran one of the best offenses in the league. Numbers-wise, sure. I don't know, but they were right. one of the better offenses in the league. I mean, the, the, the Chip Kelly thing, I mean, that's kind of like a shared... You know, uh, yeah, I think the point I'm making more, though, is that he's able to develop an offensive scheme around quarterbacks rather than the Ben McAdoo style of we're going West Coast and so be it. And that's going to be hugely important because he is probably going to have in the next three years 
at least two quarterbacks he's going to have to work with. Exactly. He's going yeah. to he's gonna have to finish up the Eli Manning era and he's going to have to, you know, it, it might be on a fly, you know, you know, you never know with Eli. Eli could possibly unlikely, but possibly announce he's retiring this year. Yeah. It's very possible in game two next year. He is out for the season, you know, and, and to make that, uh, that transition, not a gradual one, it, but a shock to the system. Now, if it's Davis Webb, if it's, you know, number two draft pick, that's going to be a completely different offense. I think you're going to see than what you run with Eli Manning, different skill sets potentially. So it's really interesting. I have to kind of prepare for multiple futures with this team. Yeah. And I think that's a perfect point to what's going on in Minnesota right now. I mean, there's no way in hell that the Case Keenum offense is any way similar to Teddy Bridgewater offense, right? Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, yeah, of course he had the offseason to prepare for that, but he was preparing for Sam Bradford. Granted, that's probably close to what he was going to do with Case Keenum, but either way, he was given a curveball right at the beginning of the season and has been able to not just run with it, but have great success with it. Um, right. Uh, as far as his quarterbacks go, I mean, there is a con in there. Uh, in in twenty For the 2012 season, the Cleveland Browns selected Brandon Whedon with one of their first-round picks. How much is Pat Shermer to blame for that? I mean, that's a fair question to ask. Because if he really thought that he was going to get something out of a 28-year-old rookie, I mean, I don't think anyone thought that that was a good draft decision. And if he was involved in that decision and for it, I think you can score that one against him. Yeah, but again, what's how much of the offense? He was the head coach when the, the draft pick was made. Yeah. Again, you're talking about an incredibly dysfunctional team that is had a, a massive history of whiffing on high draft picks. I would give him a bit of a pass on that. Yeah. And you know something? You don't always hit every time you develop a quarterback. Some guys just don't pan out, and it may or may not be your fault necessarily. I mean, is anybody going to make Jamarcus Russell a pro ball quarterback? Was, was I mean, no, but him? I mean, at least you had something to go off from that, that, that made him look like a worthy draft selection, no? Yeah, I, I mean, did he didn't have complete control when he was the, court, the coach at in Cleveland, right? I have no idea. I mean, yeah, I don't think anyone really knows. But it, but if he did make that decision, the Tim Tebow selection by Josh McDaniels completely pales in comparison to failures the way that Brandon Whedon does. I mean, at least Tebow was, you know, national champion. You know, won a playoff game, which I always like to remind people. Yeah, um, Brandon Whedon. I mean. That was I couldn't yeah. even believe that draft selection. So yeah. if he was, was involved dread- in that, it was a dreadful team too. Yeah, let's not forget that awful. Um, but I mean, again, so last pro that I have for Pat Shermer, he does have head coaching experience. I mean, one of the things that you and I both wanted, we didn't want the hot name defensive coordinator, offensive coordinator to be our new guy. We wanted somebody who could do something, and just because. He flamed out in Cleveland doesn't mean that he hasn't learned something from that experience and, you know, knows how to approach a new job. It's been a while, too. Yeah. I mean, we're talking, you know, three, four years down there. It's not like he flamed out, had one year. Nope. He's redeemed himself and he's yeah. learned all these things. So yeah, no, it's, it's been, been a couple six of years. years. Yeah. Right, right. So in Minnesota, Minnesota seems like it's a pretty stable organization with, you know, good coaching lines and stuff. So, I mean, again, it's not the most inspiring pick. Right. You know, I'm not running out and buying season tickets because of it, but it's also I don't think it's in the 
the category of oh my god we just hired uh wade phillips again yeah or you know or like some just complete retread yeah uh, and the last thing i have against him is that he's he's been told it's been said that he's very thin-skinned and he's not very media friendly which you know i hate to go down this path but this this market is relentless uh it i mean if god forbid this guy shows up in a suit that doesn't fit i mean the the headlines alone is just going to annoy me. So yeah, well, I, I what I've been reading about him was I think it's a difference between like a McAdoo type who was just ornery and just you know was so close to the vest and thin skin, and this guy who's just very doesn't give you much. I think there is a big difference. It kind of sounds like what Joe Girardi was when he first became the Yankee manager, where if you get him going, he will you he could take the bait and get fired up. But I don't think on it on a day in day out basis like a McAdoo was where the guy was just a prick from day one. Yeah. It was constantly a prick. I don't think that's the case with German, but I think if you push his buttons, you could see some tendencies. I mean, this is the market for button pushing though. I mean, sure. Well, yeah. I mean, I don't, and believe me, don't think ownership doesn't know that that's an important part of the job. Sure. We went over McDaniels going to Indianapolis and, why he favored them over the Giants because he wanted some more roster control, which he probably wasn't going to get, and I'm not sure I wanted to give him. Uh, Matt Patricia went to Detroit, and uh, or it's being reported that that's where he's headed. Um, and a lot of Giants fans got annoyed, and I'm not really sure why. I mean, I've been asking this question since the beginning. What is so great about Matt Patricia that he I, I is don't... coveted? Well, there's two things. One... I think when you're told something is going to happen and it appears like you didn't get it, you feel like you got shafted, whether there might be zero basis in it actually happening. I mean, I know from being a, a veteran of the wars of recruiting in college football, where you think you know, all the experts say, well, this guy is a Florida lean, for example, and then he announces on sign days going to Auburn. You're like, you know, fuck that guy. You know, how dare he? He may have never thought he's going to Florida in the first place because you just kind of you you talked yourself into him being your guy, then he's not your guy. There's some sort of like invisible betrayal that you feel. Okay. And also the second thing is this sound may even sound stupider than that first hypothesis is that he looks like a character. You know, he looks like somebody that like I can feel like a lot of ham and egg giant fans out there feel like they can relate to. Like, oh this guy looks like he's a a blue collar guy with the beard and the backwards hat and stuff. And they wanted that you know, after having such a dead fish as a head coach and another head coach who, quite honestly, yeah. is so straight laced that you know wasn't the biggest personality in the universe. You know, they kind of got excited by the fact that oh, I like to see this head coach with a backwards hat on and just you know a young guy and look like a vibrant guy. So I think a lot of it's more perception than actual <clears throat> you know true disappointment that they just lost that in a genius head coach. Yeah, I, I'm not willing to. I, I believe in that, everything you said. I'm not ready to hitch my wagon to some guy just because he's got a beard and a backwards hat. I, I'm when not I, when I, to anybody right now yeah. at this moment, to be honest. I, I mean, the guy doesn't even field a good defense. The Patriots are playing with a lead 90% of the time, and he can't get to the quarterback. They can't and, tackle runners. They can't stop the run. It's not a good defense. Saying, and what are we saying like in week four? Like this is on pace to be one of the worst historical defenses of all time. I don't know. Were we? Yeah. It was absolutely atrocious. I mean, we may not have been on this podcast, but we meaning the collective, you know, 
group think of the NFL was this is the worst defense ever after four weeks. I mean, they've they've not really fielded a great defense in the last couple of years. I mean, and, you know, when you're playing with a lead, that should be not easy, but easier. I don't know. I didn't really care that he went to Detroit. That's fine. Fuck him. I don't want him. Well, I think it's a, I think it's an interesting move for him. If he's a defensive guy and, you know, by nature, you're going to spend a little more time on the defense and the offense. He has a uh, Matt Stafford is a franchise quarterback. I mean, yeah. he may not be elite, but you know, first of all, he's being paid like one. But he's someone you don't have to worry about as much on your offense. It's like, okay, I got my quarterback. Yeah, I, I you know, I will hire a a, a good offensive coordinator. He's already to, got a good offensive coordinator. I think Jim Bob Cooter is a great offensive coordinator in Detroit. Well, how long do you think he's? I mean, people were talking about him for a possible head coaching jobs, so he may not be with them very long. I mean, yeah, but at least for next year, he's. I haven't heard his name being floated around to any vacancies. I thought I heard something early on, like when they first started saying like there might be 11 openings. He was one. Like I, I thought I saw him like in a long list of people. Like obviously not like a, you know, a front runner for anything, but I thought he was on a list, but I, I could be know. wrong. Yeah. I mean, it'll be interesting to see how he does there, but it's definitely not the kind of guy that I was hoping to get with no experience whatsoever. I, I don't know. I think the Giants are done with that for a while. Yeah. Um, what will be interesting is to see what happens with Steve Spagnuolo. Um, you know, it, it, I'm sure everybody who's listening to this has already seen it, but he has long ties with Pat Shermer. Um, Pat Shermer was hit Steve Spagnuolo's offensive coordinator in St. Louis. It'll be interesting to see if he's retained. Does Spags really deserve to be retained as a defensive coordinator? Do you think it was interesting that he wasn't being considered anywhere for any more head coaching jobs? Do you think he's going to be a defensive coordinator? This is his lot in life. I don't, I'm not even sure if he if he got fired by the Giants now as defensive coordinator. Do you think he'd be a defensive coordinator somewhere else? Somewhere. I mean, he does have a resume. I mean, last year's defense was awesome. He yeah. is the defensive coordinator of a Super Bowl champion team. Their resume is there, and he'd be the first to tell you, like in his first year with the Giants, since he came back. Garbage. Look what I was dealt with. I think he even said, I'm not a magician. Yeah. If I remember the quote correctly. And then this past year, how many injuries and how much, you know, and playing with no offense. I mean, that takes a toll on your defense. You have, you know, we don't know what kind of cancers guys like Eli Apple were in that locker room to make his job even harder. So, yeah, I mean, it's fair. But, I mean, there there is a chance that he stays. Um, I, I, I wouldn't hate it. No, I. When the Spagnolo offense is a defense is good, it's very damn good. So, and I think we we both agree that we think the core nucleus of that defense is still very good. Yeah, and we and we both kind of agree that this isn't a complete breakdown and rebuild. So, I think a lot of these guys will be retained. We're going to see, as we've mentioned on show after show, that. Guys you don't expect to be gone may be gone because they're, you know, fuck-ups in the locker room or something. But yeah. I think the core of this team will be back, the the Vernons and the JVPs and all those guys. Uh, yeah. I'm not sure that Spags is so much to blame for this year's bad defense. No. no. Um, all right, so let's, let's hop into what happened over the weekend. Where do you <sighs> want to start? <laughs> By catching our collective breaths, I guess. <laughs> I mean, it's just a fast. My overall take from the weekend were two things. One, sure is a lot of bad coaching in the NFL. Just common sense oh, things, yeah. like you know, just you know, 
inex- I mean, I, I, I'm one of these overreactionary guys, and to me, I am firing the defensive coordinator of the Saints for allowing something like that to happen. <laughs> forget the one. Forget the one thing that Williams is blowing an attempt of a a tackle. How do you not have covered twelve back there? Yeah, at, really. At a point like that in the game. Okay, let's say the guy completes a 25, 30 yard catch, gets out of bounds with one second, like has to kick a fifty five yarder. He makes it. God bless him. He earned it. But to allow something like that where one missed tackle allows a guy to turn around and run because when I was watching it, my first reaction was get out of bounds. I didn't realize he had a complete run to daylight. Yeah. I mean, that's just it's just, that's just bad coaching. That's just bad, bad coaching. And, you know, just you see other things just, you know. Well, what the fuck was Mike Tomlin doing at the very <laughs> end of the, the Pittsburgh game? I, it felt like the whole team had no plan. Yeah. Uh, well, and that's not the first time that's happened with a Mike Tomlin team either. Yeah. And we've seen things this whole weekend. We saw stupid onside kicks at uh, the end of the first half of the um, the Jacksonville game, allowing the bomb, you know, yeah. to, to close out the half. Like, how do you allow this shit on both sides? I mean, I don't know. I mean, I this is something I've noticed. It's called the smart glasses theorem. I've started this with baseball years ago where you try to be smarter than the game and it ends up costing you. And you're just seeing these coaches just overcoaching and it ends up hurting them and just trying to be too smart. But my biggest takeaway, and also this, you know, we, we railed on these quarterbacks. We started the show by saying that they're dreadful quarterbacks and two of them are going to the conference championship and no turnovers between Foles, Keenum, and Bortles. Yeah. Well, we'll get, we'll get to that in a second. I have a whole bunch to say about that. But, I mean, the other thing is, what the fuck were the Falcons doing in the goal line situation? <laughs> oh my god! I I don't know who to blame. I, I, I at this I point do. at this point I'm not sure Matt Ryan is going to win anything ever. I, I I really don't think that he is built for comeback wins. I don't think he can do it unless he's just leading the charge and stomping all over a team. Because the way the second half of the Super Bowl went, I was thinking the same thing. Like, what is he doing? He looks panicked as fuck, and I don't know why. He's running out of the pocket when there's no pressure. I'm not sure what's going on with the play calls. His audibles are stupid. And here they are in a perfect situation to come back and win against the Eagles. And the inside shovel pass? I I have no idea what— I I can answer that in two words. Steve Sarkeesian. Uh, Yeah, This guy has been a failure and a loser every single place he's been. He's one of these guys, he's he's slime. I mean, he won a power struggle to be the, the Bama offensive coordinator last year after, you know, Lane Kiffin's going to leave Bama to go to FAU at the end of the, after the bowl game and everything, fine. A power struggle breaks out between Kiffin, Nick Saban, and Sarkeesian, which results in Kiffin being thrown out before the championship game. So Sarkeesian gets the job of offensive coordinator, turns around three weeks later and quits to go to Atlanta. I mean, he's just an opportunist. Whoever gets an opportunity has failed everywhere he's been. Dreadful at USC. Dreadful in the SEC as a head coach. You know, you saw it. You saw the play calling in this game. Everything this guy turns, turns to shit. I mean, he's the anti-Midas. <laughs> See the anti Midas, the shyest touch. He's the shyest touch. Yes, yeah. exactly. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, it it's inexcusable that the Falcons lost to Philadelphia. I, I don't care where it's being played. I don't care about any of that. That team is not that good. 
Um, they're playing without their their star quarterback. There's no way you only scored ten points against a defense if the Giants were able to almost score thirty. Yeah, no. that giant that giant game was a weirdo game. I it was mean, a weirdo game, but this is one of the. Never mind. Never mind. Not even worth <laughs> it. I mean, Julio Jones was practically invisible in that fucking game. Yeah, I, I can't, I can't defend any of that shit. Bad coaching. Yeah. Here's something I'm getting sick of seeing, and I'm just gonna say it. I'm sick of seeing the Tom Coughlin so shows up in Jacksonville and suddenly they're great. Must be a like, come on. Tom Coughlin had, was hired in January to be the vice president of of personnel or whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, at this point when he's hired, scouts have already done 75% of their job. I, I, this guy hasn't met half the players. He's not the head coach. The two things are not related. It's it's a yeah. fun little thing to say, but the, the, well, the, it's, a, it's it's a fun thing to say because now all of a sudden um you know, they're playing uh, New England this weekend. So all of a sudden you have the... But it's so stupid. It's the, I, the course, dumbest fucking thing. Listen, every single... Like, eight out of ten stories you see that are related to the NFL are pretty stupid. The ones that grab all the headlines. I mean, I, mean, I guess so. But I'm sick of seeing Giants fans be like, oh, we made a real mistake letting him go. Like, the revisionist history well, r- around I mean, Tom so- Coughlin is, is starting to piss me off. I mean, I loved him here. He was a great coach. He's done a lot of things for the organization. I'll never forget... But it was time to go. It was time to move on, uh, and that's fine. And he was not retained as a head coach anywhere. Nobody let's, wanted him. Let's say that um, Mer- Doug Marone had 100 hours of preparation time last week for that playoff game. You know, Let's say he just worked his ass off from 5 in the morning to midnight every night. Of those 100 hours, how much of that you think was in consultation with Tom Coughlin? I don't know. Two? I don't know, I've always two, yeah. three, max. I mean, <laughs> Tom Coughlin had nothing to do with yesterday's game. He has nothing have... to do with the current roster. They made mean, a couple of trades, didn't they? They made a couple of trades to their defensive line. I, I, they already had a great defensive line. This, a lot. So Jacksonville has, I, I, you put this in air quotes, benefited from having their first-round picks go on IR for an entire season. And so they end up getting a very high first-round pick again the next year. I mean, the list goes on forever. The first one that comes to mind is Dante Fowler because I think in the first preseason practice, tore his Achilles or some shit. Then Noel, too, and Jalen Ramsey. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so they've been acquiring talent for some time. Their problem has been Blake Bortles was a whiff. That's been their biggest issue. I mean – you look at the star power in the team. Uh, Dante Fowler was a top five pick. Wasn't Jalen Ramsey also a top five pick? Yes, he was. And Leonard Fournette was mm-hmm. a top five pick. Mm-hmm. Not, there's not a lot of teams out there that have very – Oh, and also it wasn't Bortles the top five yeah, pick. Yeah, I mean there's not a lot of teams in the league <laughs> that have that many top five picks in so many recent years on their yeah. roster. Right. I, you know – it's just fucking annoying to look at. It's just so stupid. Uh, and anyone I, who gets I, legitimately upset about it is retarded, and I, I don't <laughs> want to deal with it. Yeah, I mean, now you're starting to, you know, the grass is always greener syndrome with that. I mean, yeah. first of all, Tom Coughlin is a 71-year-old man right now, 72 years old. Yeah. He's not coaching anymore. No, nope, he ke- didn't even get any interviews when he left the Giants. Yeah, he was going to work. He was going to be a consultant with the Giants, and then he got the NFL Network job, which he, I think he was on the air twice. Yeah. 
I mean, I mean, so, but what, 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 what would have changed this year <laughs> if he was our coach this year? The same fundamental problems that the Giants had would have been there with Tom Coughlin. Yeah. Yeah. No. Exactly. So I mean, that, yeah, you're right. That is pretty silly. It, it um, just drives me nuts because I keep seeing it now, and it's it's going to be all fucking weak. And Lord, if they if they fucking win in New England, it's going to oh. I'm just I so sick of reading. I think, it. I think you're. I think you're a little bent out of control about something. No, I'm. I'm fucking video. grump right now. This is who I am. I'm grump. <laughs> this is what I get grump about. Um, yeah. Here's the last thing, and I'm just going to throw this out there real quick. It's definitely something we're going to talk about more and more in the off season. But I think it's telling that Minnesota and Jacksonville uh, were able to win this far into championship games despite having bad quarterbacks because they've drafted for good teams. They've taken talent. I mean, Jacksonville could, by all regards, have tried to get a quarterback this this uh, offseason, and they didn't. Um, Minnesota kind of knew that Teddy Bridgewater was not going to be ready to go at the beginning of the season and done the same thing. I mean, we don't know what's going on with Teddy Bridgewater, but they chose not to. And instead, they've comp- continued to build the team. So it's something the Giants should look into it's it's definitely yeah, something worth thinking about. I will counterpoint that by saying I think Jacksonville never thought they'd be in this position right now a year ago. Who gives a I shit? Think no, I mean you. Uh, the plan well, should, was to get there at some point, but I mean I don't think their plan was in 2017 we're going to be in the championship game. No, it doesn't matter though. The it, plan it, is to it, build it, a team to get to the championship game, whether it's 2017, 2018. You build a good team. And they've right. they've built a good team. That this this is no joke. It's not a total fluke that they're there. I'm gonna I'm throw well, that well, out I'm there talking, too. I'm thinking about the draft first. Okay. My, my thinking is they were not going to draft another quarterback. Thinking they weren't just well, the quarterback is the biggest problem with this team. I think they still felt there was a lot of other pieces that need to be addressed. Okay. And all of a sudden they started winning. Well, I, 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 I think, you, I think but you could apply that logic to the Giants right now. Is the quarterback the biggest problem on this team, or are there bigger problems? The, you make a very is, strong argument that there's well, a big problem with the offensive line. Right, but the thing also is that Blake Bortles, Bortles they've still not given up on yet. And guess what? It's going to be a lot harder to give up on him now if they let's say they beat New England they go to the Super Bowl. I don't know. The man. Giants know. He's, he's still Giants, pretty bad. Did you watch that I, game? I understand that. But, I mean, I don't think they've made that decision yet that they're moving on from him, win, lose, or draw this year. No, no. The Giants have a – a ticking time bomb that Eli Manning is going away mm-hmm. could be sooner, could be later, but the shelf life of him is very similar. It's very short. Davis Webb to me is a complete unknown. We don't know anything. Yep. And he also wasn't brought in as like Aaron Rodgers just going to sit around and wait for three years. And we know we have a, an Aaron Rodgers or a Jimmy Garofalo. Davis Webb is a guy that's might even been a bit of a reach, even if it's a draft pick then. And again, with the opportunity to get a franchise guy now, may not even be in the plans this time next year. I, I'm the, I'm with you. I just situation. think it's 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 not uh, to me. It's not a clear cut decision what to do with the second pick. So that, that's all. I'm just throwing it out there. It's something yeah, that we're, we're going to go over for the next couple months. So yeah, we're going to have a lot of fun with this one because I'm going to be you know, I'm gonna, I'm not saying I'm demanding a quarterback. I'm strongly leaning towards you need a franchise quarterback to win consistently, and I get it. You know, Minnesota, Philly, Jacksonville have all advanced in these playoffs this year with shitty quarterbacks. 
but they are still small sample sizes and they are still not the norm. You know, the way to build to be a perennial Super Bowl contender is having a very good to an elite quarterback. Well, all those future episodes where we argue back and forth about this are going to be available on iTunes. Um, go into iTunes, search for that for podcast, type in Just Giants, and you'll find us there. Um, also on SoundCloud, you can search, subscribe to us there, and all of our stuff will pop up every single week, every Tuesday morning. Um, and if you have a Twitter account, you can find it at our at Just Giants Pod Twitter account where all of our episodes will be bumped and our Facebook page for just giants podcast. Um, and all of my individual thoughts and tweets and arguments with other people are at football underscore grump. I'm a fun time. Follow me. <laughs> you can find me on Twitter as always at the cranky fan, where I will be debating this topic with the giants and I'll be fighting with who's he? Some asshole I was arguing with earlier too. Was <laughs> I saw some really that. Stupid things. I saw that. And had the ner- had the balls to say I was acting like a child. Yeah. Like, so yes, I will be arguing with anybody about anything about uh, the New York Giants, Gator football, the Knicks, the Lightning, anything. It's gets catches my ire. So, all right, we'll have a lot more coming up in the coming weeks with assistant coach signings, etc. And um, here's a little a little surprise if there is a. Announcement of a hiring before next week. We might have an emergency podcast. To, Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Jump by and talk about it. Yep. So be sure to follow us. All right, everyone. Let's go Giants. Go Giants. Giants.